You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Podcast. And be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 15 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and this week I am so excited to bring you a conversation with Andy Howard. And um, Andy and I connected on Instagram, and I just feel like it was a divine connection because I think his story and the path that God has had him on is really, really going to inspire some people out there and just speak to what you're walking through right now. Um, So Andy is a youth pastor. He's a marriage ministry pastor. He's an author. He's a podcaster. He has a health coaching business. He's so many things, but first and foremost, he is a son of the living God. So Andy, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much, Jess. Thanks for having me and just excited to be here. And uh, most of all, and I, I talk about that a lot in our identity, there's a lot of things we do, but the most important thing is being a child of the King. There's no greater honor, no greater title than that. So honored to be here with you and get to spend a few minutes with you. Yes, thank you. So to start us off, I was wondering if you could let us know how you came to know the Lord and kind of where He has led you in your relationship with Him. Amen. Well, I was about five years old, five or six. I remember very, very young. My mom and dad were pastors. And so uh, actually all we have five boys in the family, so I have four older brothers. Oh wow! <laughs> and all, all five of us have, have felt the calling as well to, as you mentioned, uh, to be ministers. And so God has been faithful to us. But I remember early on, uh, we we had what's called a kids' crusade. I don't even know if they still do those anymore, but back in the day, there was this little, it was almost like a revival for kids. Uh, it was a Monday through a Wednesday and, and we would have, you know, puppets, games, and there was this evangelist who, who was, you know, geared towards kiddos and he would come and do what was called a kid's crusade. And I gave my heart to Jesus at, I would say about five or six. I remember specifically being at a kid's crusade. Something those puppets said that drew me to the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but you know what? I am honored, uh, just honored that it happened at an early mm-hmm. age. My testimony isn't one that, uh, and there's nothing wrong. We all have our own story, but I'm not one who who had went through a lot of things before I found the Lord. Uh, I, I have walked with him from an early age and I'm grateful, grateful for that. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I mean, I just love hearing all different ways that people come to know the Lord at different ages, but even at such a young age, um, you know, that doesn't mean that it's all going to be easy from then on. So as you grew up, how did you know you wanted to be a pastor and how did you discover your purpose? I remember my junior year in high school. So this was called a youth convention that we went to, very similar to Kids Crusade. So yes. I guess it's for the, for the teens. But uh, we had went and there was a guy named uh, Reggie Dabbs. He was a youth evangelist, phenomenal speaker. And I don't remember everything he said that day. In fact, I remember very little other than he was wearing these, for illustration purposes, he, he was wearing these big red boxing gloves. And But he, he had gave a call at the altar call about answering the call to ministry. And that was my junior year in high school. And I felt such a peace that 
I was supposed to be a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And I did do that for uh, 20 years of ministry. Uh, I have recently stepped away from ministry. I'm now evangelizing and traveling, sharing our story, in which I'll share a little more with you about what God's done in our life. But uh, it was at that age, at 17 years old, uh, that God called me into to youth ministry. And I even I didn't even know what that fully meant at that time. Even I, I just thought, you know, it would life would be rosy. Uh, I would be in ministry, and because I accepted the call, that I would get this like simple, straight path to heaven with no uh, no trials, <laughs> just everything cleared out. My path is just straight to heaven, and uh, you know what? But it's actually, and I, I'm being a little funny there, but you know, even in His Word, He He never promised us an easy mm-hmm. road, but He did yeah. promise us He would never leave us nor forsake us. Yeah. In fact, he promised us the opposite. He said, you will have trials, you will have troubles, but uh, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. That, that's his, his word, we can stand on that. He, he, he has been faithful to Tiff and myself. That's my wife, Tiffany. Mm-hmm. We went through a lot of stuff, but you know what I can promise you, we've never done it alone. Yeah, amen. I know it's, <laughs> it's not always easy, but in the hardest times, I feel like is when God reveals new parts of his character to us yes. that are so sweet and the, yes. the new levels of intimacy we reach with him. You look back and it, it's all worth it. I mean, he's so good. Um, yes. So you mentioned, you know, you've walked through some struggles. And um, I know, and as we were kind of preparing for the interview, you shared that you've walked through some seasons of depression. Yeah. And, um, you know, being in ministry, yeah. I think that had to have been difficult to process of like, I feel like I should have it all together. Yeah. I don't feel like this is something that I should be struggling with. And yeah, I mean, that's a lie from the devil to try and right. like bury you in shame. Um, but can you talk a little bit about that and maybe provide some hope or encouragement for people who are also in that place? Thanks, Jess. Yes, I'd, I'd love to, because uh, it is it is a tough situation. I think we do that. Oh, I'm so sorry. We do that on our own more than mm. than than we realize than others, or at least for me, mm-hmm. how it worked for me was that I thought I'm a pastor. <laughs> I'm a youth pastor. I'm the one people are looking to. I'm supposed to have it all together. So in a way that even felt me made me feel even worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did. I, I suffered from uh, depression. Looking back now, uh, my oldest daughter just turned 15 uh, last Thursday, and so but. To hear her whole story, there was many times we didn't know that she would reach her first birthday. Mm-hmm. And so looking back now, 14 years ago, uh, I started my battle with depression. I didn't even realize it was depression then. Yeah. Uh, but we had got a diagnosis that uh, she had 10% brain function, uh, that she would never walk, she would never talk. Uh, she was legally blind. She couldn't use her hands. Somewhere along the way, uh when the chief neurologist is telling us all this stuff, it just kind of sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher. I, I couldn't hear anything else he was uh, saying at that point, kind of blacked out. Mm. But I left there encouraged, and grabbed Tiffany's hand. I said, you know, I'm trying to be the good dad. I said, I am going to beat down, you know, the doors of heaven every day until she gets her healing. Yeah. And I did that. I prayed and I had an hour commute to and from work. I was still serving as a youth pastor then, but it was bivocational. So I would work a full-time job. And uh, so I had an hour to 
do nothing but pray. Dude. Yeah. And it started off as awesome prayers and they were sincere prayers. And I believe God heard those prayers. But somewhere along the way, uh, and I don't even know when exactly, but they turned bitter and uh, they they became kind of why me prayers. And, uh, and God, don't you care about me? And, and how could you let this happen to me? Yeah. And so somewhere along the way, it turned into depression. And uh, to answer your question, there was about four years there as serving as a youth pastor that I was wearing this mask where I, I had it all together. I would smile and I would even preach my sermon and God would still use me. It was special seeing him still use me. We were having great results in the youth ministry. Kids were responding and accepting you know, Christ as their savior and others were being used mightily through the through the gift, but I was not happy. Yeah. <laughs> I was just depressed uh, and it got harder and harder to to want to face each day. And so uh, there's there's more to, to the story that I could dive into, but uh, to answer your question, it was hard. And I felt like I couldn't tell anyone at the time, which was another lie. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was alone as a pastor uh, because we are supposed to have it all together. Yeah. Is my my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And so what did you learn about God during that time? Or maybe a, in hindsight, looking back yeah, on that time. Looking back, he is just like he promised. He's been so faithful. Mm. <laughs> so faithful. Uh, he never has left me. I didn't always feel him. And again, there, there are lies that uh, we have to go we can't always go by feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Feelings will lie to you. Uh, yeah. We have to go what we know is true and yeah. what we trust, and which is the word. <laughs> and his word never, uh, it, it never changes and it's never void. It, it's never, there's no lie. There's no contradictions from the word of God. So we have to trust in what we know is true and not our own feelings or our own uh, beliefs, which can be hard. Yeah. But what I found is he is faithful. And a, a verse that has really ministered to me throughout the years and is even a, a huge part of, of the book is it comes from John 11. And it's a story that most Christians have probably heard all their life, but it's the story of Lazarus. And if you read down through John 11, it's such a great uh, chapter. But two different times in there, uh, both Mary and Martha both say, Jesus, where were you? Where were you? Had you been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And uh, I relate so much to that because, yeah. you know, I felt like I was doing the right thing. I had answered the call. I I grew up a, a very uh, pretty clean life. I, I followed the Lord. I told you I was about five when I gave my life to the Lord. And so I didn't have that testimony of overcoming drugs or or other things that some people have. But so I felt like, God, if anyone, if you owe anyone a favor, and you know, Mary and Martha, they were close to to the Lord. If you know that story, they were they were friends. They they did life together. So I could see them saying, if, if you owe anyone a favor, God, you owe us one. And so I relate to that. But you know what's very cool about that? He knew, and you read the beginning of John 11, he knew exactly why he was returning. He even tells his disciples, it's it's for God's glory that I'm going to wait. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, it's for yeah. God's glory that I am going to uh, give him a couple extra days uh, to to lay there, to die. 
And so he shows up, but he knew exactly why he was showing up. He knew to he was going to prove God's glory. He was going to raise him from the dead. He knew it. Mm-hmm. But you get John eleven thirty five, 35, the shortest verse in the Bible. It's only two words. Jesus wept. <laughs> and it comes there from a place where he saw the hurt of Mary. He saw the hurt of Martha. And I'm sure there was hundreds of other family and friends just weeping there because they had just lost Lazarus. Yet he knew exactly what he was about to do, yet he still took time to weep. And I believe that simple, small scripture is to let all of us know that he sees what we're going through. He sees what you're carrying, your burdens. He sees your hurts, your heartaches. And he wants you to know, even though he can still and will (laughs) take care of the needs, he sees your burdens and he's there with you and he cares for you and he weeps with you. So that's what I learned the most through all of it is that we're not alone. He, he is who he says he is. He is faithful. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He, he's faithful. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, when you just said the verse, Jesus wept, I mean, yeah. I know that story. I've heard that so many times. Yeah. Yet when you spoke those, I, I mean, I almost just started crying. Like wow. I felt it. And I feel like because somebody out there right now needs that reminder that wow. Jesus is weeping with you. Yes. And the thing you're walking through right now, he knows how it's going to turn out, but he is still in it with you right now. And right. he He weeps with you. And the that heart of compassion and mercy is so moving. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? I mean, yeah. this is the God of the universe. The God, so he's in control of all things. I believe that with all my heart. And I know for for a season. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, why did you let this happen to me? Mm. So another thing I've learned is it, it didn't happen. And I'm not sure that he even, I know he allows all things to happen, but I believe it happened for me. Mm. Uh, there is a, and I, I know, don't know your whole audience uh, and what kind of people or believers or how long you've been following the Lord. And so please take this as you will. I, I do have a very good friend. She, she prophesies. She's got this special gift uh, of prophecy and, and I know you have to learn who you can trust and sometimes yeah. be very careful with, with words when someone says what God says. But this lady, she walks so close to the Lord. And I tell you, every time she has has mentioned something, it's always just been spot on with, with how God uses her. And she was she's a pastor's wife and she called me uh, one Sunday morning after their service and said, Andy, I got to tell you what God did today during our worship service. And I wanted to write it all down. And they're from Virginia. I am actually from Texas. So she's never uh, even been to Peyton's room. That's my oldest daughter, Peyton. And she said, I had this vision of Peyton. And she was, uh, she does your does her room have a hospital bed? And I, I said, well, yeah, it does. She does have one of those hospital beds that she can raise up and lay down and all the things. And she said, well, I just, I saw her in her room and her body was laying back on this hospital bed, but it was like she, the spirit man, Peyton's spirit was sitting up, kind of, you know, crisscross applesauce is the only way she could describe it, kind of sitting up. And as the vision kind of come around the room from behind Peyton's back, she could realize that Jesus was sitting at the, the feet of her bed or at the foot of her bed. And said, so I could tell they were quite close and they were playing some kind of game. It really didn't matter. I didn't pay attention to the game, but it was checkers or chess. And I could just tell that they had a special relationship and they were quite close. And that was just so special for me. I had to tell Jackie, I'm like, Jackie, you have no idea. Because oh so gosh. often I have felt, uh, I just felt like she has missed out and like, oh, wow, look at all the things she's been robbed of and all the things she'll never get to do. 
But yeah, if I could could hear her talk, because she still never talked. That was 15 years ago that they said she'll probably never talk, if anything, maybe 150 words. And she still hasn't mentioned anything yet. But one day, (laughs) one day. But if I could hear her talk, she would say, Dad, don't worry about me. I feel sorry for you. (laughs) Because I have this relationship that's so close to Jesus. I mean, he's right here. And I do feel that way, that although I couldn't see it through my natural eyes, that I was feeling like she was being robbed. If I could see through the uh, spirit realm, what a blessed life she has, because she is good pals with her buddy Jesus. That just, uh, that, that helped me so much. Oh my gosh. Every, everything you're saying <laughs> is just making me cry today. Oh, man. Um, the spirit is here. Yeah. That is so beautiful and applies to so many and everything yes. in our life. If we could see it from a heavenly perspective, yes, I think there's so much more going on than what we know. Oh and, yeah. In, in all of it, in the end, God has the victory. Amen. Yeah. And what's really cool, so to take it full circle, is that I used to pray these prayers over her. You know, I talked about driving to and from work, and I would pray. And every time I would end it with, Lord, let her story reach millions. And, you know, to me, in my own human, and as a dad, I guess, I just thought maybe... Her, her video will go viral one day of her getting up out of her wheelchair or her nurses coming in saying, Andy, you got to come in here. She's, she don't need us anymore. We need a new job or something like that. Her just running in and just throwing her arms around me and hugging me. And I always thought that's how it, it, it would go viral because that's what I, I picture. Oh, Lord, you're going to use her story to reach millions. What's wild is he's still using her story to reach millions. I'm getting to have a... a conversation with you who yeah. I probably would have never met this side. Who knows? God could have done it any other way, but without this story, without my book, I, I may not have ever got to reach out to you. So I get to yeah. do not only podcasts with you, but people all over the United States, even in Canada. Uh, I got to go share my story in South Africa. I got mm-hmm. to write a story for a magazine, an article uh, that went out to 500,000 homes. Uh, he's just, he, he's opened up all these wild doors that I never anticipated, never looked yeah. for. And so I guess be careful what you pray for. It always don't go the, exactly the way you may see it, but but he is faithful. And I do believe he answers all our prayers. It may not always be the way we want them answered. Yeah. <laughs> and he may not always show up just like in John 11. Uh, he may not always show up on our timing, but he always shows up and he's always there and he's faithful to us yeah. to see it through. Man, it's so true. And he may not show up on our timing, but he always shows up on time. Amen. It's our timing that's jacked up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we got it wrong. Yes. So you've mentioned your book a couple times, When Words Don't Come Easy is the title. So could you tell us a little bit more about the heart behind it and like why you wrote it, what it's about, what what God's doing with it? Yes. Well, if I could sum it up in one word, I would say hope. It's hope. Mm. So my my hope for it is that others who have maybe suffered from depression or anxiety, uh, any of those things, uh, maybe just having a bad day. You may not have ever went to a doctor and been diagnosed with anything, but those bad days have led to a couple bad weeks, which you just haven't felt joy of the Lord mm. in a while. Uh, that That's who it's for. And it's, it's my testimony. You'll hear a lot of the stories I've already shared with you in there, but it is a story of hope. That uh, that others will find a way through this journey. And ultimately, I think we uh, 
I think we put a lot more hope in our lives here on earth than we do in eternity. Uh, sometimes we will, oh my goodness, I'm already just turned 44. I'm 44 years old. My life is, I'm over, you know, they do the over, over the hill thing and all that stuff. We think about how fast our life is passing, but yet we don't appreciate how long eternity truly is. And I don't know that everyone fully understands. It's forever. It's forever. What a big decision. And what an important decision, except, you know, Jesus as your Lord. So I think we, this book is to help us get through this journey on earth, Mm -hmm. but ultimately it is to point them to to Jesus uh, so that we can spend our ultimate uh, eternity in home where we're all we're all designed for uh, spending yeah. eternity in heaven. So, mm, oh, that mm. is good. And mm. I'm assuming people can find it wherever yes. books are sold. Yes, uh, <laughs> on Amazon. Mostly, mostly Amazon. Uh, okay. And just go to uh, andyhoward.com if you don't mind me throwing a free plug. Yeah, uh, that's where you can get the book. But it's Amazon. Uh, it's on Audible as well. And uh, even if you're a Kindle person, it's there as well. And, you know, as you were talking about the heavenly perspective and that this life on earth is just such a blink. Yes. Like, I just, I, I was just thinking about your daughter and how yeah. her time here with this condition on earth is a blink. Yeah. And then you get all of eternity with her fully restored and singing Amen. at the feet of Jesus. And I, it's just so good. <laughs> I do like, touch on God that in the so book. God is so good. Yes, He is faithful because, you know, for the longest, and it's normal. If you're suffering, if you've had, maybe this has struck a chord with you. You may be a special needs parent with, with a daughter, you know, pretty severe like mine or whatever your raw end of the deal is. We've all had hard trials, all of us. And maybe you have never faced anything like my story. Maybe, who knows? But your bad day is still important to God. That's what yeah. I want you to know. You might don't don't belittle it if you've never there are I know that there's so many people suffer from cancer or maybe they lost a sibling too soon or a parent early or there's so much yeah. that, that hurts. My heart just breaks. Yeah. But but God uh he, he cares for you so much. And that's what I, I would say. And I do touch on it in, in the book. Uh, I'm not belittling <laughs> the fact that these days are hard because they are yeah. hard. But it's almost for me, I, I know scripture talks about the age of accountability. And I know that Peyton at her state as of now will never lose her innocence because she, she's just... Uh, she is. She's just so special. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if you remember the the old TV show, The Biggest Loser. It was a weight loss competition. I used to watch it all the time. And they had this thing. It was called immunity that like these players could win it. And if they got it, they got to win and survive the week. And no matter what happened, even if they had a plus 10 on the scale, <laughs> they, they could stay for another week. And, and I, I felt like that's what happened for Peyton. And when that happened, I realized when I thought she was ripped off, <laughs> but yeah. God, man, you, you sure, uh, you wasn't very fair to her. He, he kind of knocked me upside the head with a knowledge bomb. He's like, bro, <laughs> he speaks real simple to me. But he's like, dude, do you not get it? Uh, she, she got a immunity pass. She is for the most important trip which is heaven. And yeah. you're exactly right. What if I never see her walk, run, or even talk until heaven? 
Yeah. It will be worth it all. And I am so grateful to for that, that we we have that promise. He promised us that, that we, we will have eternity in heaven for all who believe, all who have asked for uh, forgiveness of their sins and repented and, and have seek you know, God as the Lord of their life. Jesus is Lord of their life. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So that's awesome. So that's yes. good news. Yes. Yeah. That is the good news. So yeah. I want to circle back just for a moment, you know, when you were sharing about the season of depression and, you know, then we shifted to the the victory of the book and the hope and, yeah. you know, the all these promises in the Lord. But how did you get from that point A to point B? Like for someone out there who is in the depression or walking through such bitterness and confusion of not knowing why, you know, God is doing this. What yeah. what hope or wisdom do you have to help kind of guide them through that? Well, looking back, I can give you the answer I would share today. Yeah. <laughs> it did work for me uh, at the time. It took me a while to get mm-hmm. to this point. But I would uh, I would encourage you to invite more people in with, with your problems, uh, with whatever you're carrying. I, I found the more I shared the story, the more light that I brought into it, mm-hmm. the, the lighter the burden got and the easier, because there was more people helping me carry it. Uh, I didn't have to hold it by myself. Yeah. And so I would encourage you. And again, I would find trustworthy people. You know, those people in your inner circle, uh, you know who you can trust and who you can't. There's some people that you shouldn't share everything with. It's just common sense. So you know that. But I would encourage you. And even uh, a good spiritual, godly counselor uh, Mm. do that as well. I used to think that before was weird. I had this vision of you like you go in on this leather couch because I'd only seen what they show on TV and stuff. You're on like this leather couch and I'm an introvert naturally, which is weird how God chooses to use me to speak on stages and stuff. But uh, I don't like the one-on-one conversation with brand new strangers. It's just uncomfortable for me. It's hard for me. So uh, the, the thought of, and Tiff kept encouraging me and I I would say, listen to your spouse, your godly spouse. God has put you there for a reason with them. And they know you better than you know yourself most times. And so she kept saying, you need to get help with this. You need to try somebody. And I just didn't want to do it. But I did finally uh, seek counsel, godly wisdom, uh, wise people, counsel. Mm-hmm. And that helped as well. But uh, there's a story in, that I would love to end this question with. And I, I was at a trying to Gulf Shores, Alabama. Sorry, Gulf Shores, Alabama on a beach. We were on a vacation, us and just our friends, only ones who even knew about my depression at the time. And we thought, ah, nice little vacation would take care of all all that, right? Yeah, done. The the farther farther we went into the week, the worse and worse it got. This was the peak of of my depression. I was seeing kids buried in the sand. I mean, dads buried in the sand by their kids. Uh, Dads playing Frisbee on the beach. Uh, dad's getting pushed in the pool by their kids. All these things you, you think, well, that don't sound like you're missing out on much. But I miss, I wanted that experience, all, all the things I thought I was missing. But uh, what I found the very last day, uh, I, I couldn't sleep. I was restless. I got up and I finally just took a walk on the beach. It's probably about 4.30 in the morning and it was still dark. <laughs> but I was walking and there was a couple about a, a hundred yards ahead of me. They had flashlights. I couldn't couldn't tell exactly what they were doing. But as I got closer, I realized they were collecting seashells. And every once in a while, they would keep them. Then every once in a while, they, they would throw them down. 
And as I followed them for a while, I realized they were only keeping the whole shells. They were only keeping the complete shells, but they were throwing back the broken ones. And it was just at that moment that that God whispered, hey, there's beauty in the broken. Mm -hmm. And so I I doubled up my shirt like a crazy man and just started collecting all these seashells. I've probably got about 200. And in fact, I started looking for the broken seashells. I didn't want want the whole ones anymore. So I started just piling them up and and just tears are, are flooding and if anyone, and I'm thankful it's still dark. So if there <laughs> yeah. was anyone out there, they didn't think I, you know, I was completely lost my mind or anything. But uh, I, I felt at that moment, it was like a, a dam just broke. All the pressure just broke and cracked through when I felt that whisper of the Lord that there is beauty in the broken. And then fast forward some 14 years later, a couple months ago, our, our worship pastor was sharing in service and he just stopped and said, Hey, my name is Zachary. And he says, do you know what that means? And uh, no one really answered. Of course, it was rhetorical. But he said, my name Zachary means God remembers. And I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. God remembers. I didn't think much about it. Like I was thinking history or things from the past God remembers. But he says, no, God remembers. He puts back together again. And the truth is we are all broken people. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what you're suffering from, no matter what you're, you know, what Romans says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we're all just, we're a bunch of broken people who are in need of a savior, but he remembers. And so I want you to know, no matter how broken you feel today, no matter how messed up, jacked up, maybe you feel that you've made a mess of your life. We serve a God who remembers you. He hasn't forgotten you and he puts you back together. And there is hope for you. Oh, Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't even have any follow-up comments because you've yeah. said it so perfectly yeah. and it's so true and so beautiful. Yes. Um oh, and those broken seashells. I'm only going to collect the broken ones now. There you go. So we had a <laughs> side note we saved all those and so they're still in Peyton's room, but we, yes. we found this vase of uh, it's like a big seashell clear vase and so we just put them all in there and it's such a great reminder of how God uses Oh my gosh things uh, to speak to us because yeah. I'm sure a lot of people pass them up uh, thinking there's no value and there's so much for you to remember in that mm-hmm. no matter who's listening to this right now I feel like somebody may be listening right now feeling this that you feel passed up you feel forgotten you feel unseen yeah. and uh, you feel you have no value and that is not true there is beauty in the broken and we again we are all broken <laughs> so there's hope for you and I hope my prayer, my hope is that I don't believe in coincidences. I think everything is ordained this very moment that you are stumbled on this podcast today. Maybe you've heard it every single episode, or maybe this is your first one. I pray that you know God is using this for you today to to remind you that you're loved, you're cared for, you're seen, you're not forgotten, and that uh, you're not broken uh, yes. or he remembers you. He puts you back together, even for all of us broken people. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, man. We, well, we're almost out of time. This is going way too fast. <laughs> but I want to oh. at least touch on your health coaching business. Yeah. And I know that's a whole nother aspect of your journey and your life and something huge that you had to overcome. Yeah. So could you share a little bit about that with us? For sure. And uh, and if you can always find out more at 
just follow me on Instagram or Facebook, Andy <laughs> B. Howard with the B. But yeah, I, I was 345 pounds at one time in my life. Uh, it's funny because I say the very things that God, not not God, excuse me, the very things that meant to kill me, God is using to uh, re- set so many others free. And whether that was my depression, and uh, now I'm crazy getting to travel the world telling people how to overcome depression. And it was my way. I was so sick. I was... <laughs> high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all the things. And, you know, he, he's helped me. And now I run a business, me and my wife were able to help people uh, lose weight. Yeah. So so it's, it's crazy. Uh, even our finances, I touch on all of it in the book, but God, is, there was a time when we, you know, we're living month to month, just holding on, taking a, a deep breath and like, ah, we survived January. Let's see if we can make it through February. And, yeah. and we would do that. We did it up for years and God has been so faithful. So that's my prayer to you. Hang in there. The very thing that's that the devil is using for harm. He's trying to kill you with like John 10, 10. He's trying to steal you, kill you and destroy you with the very thing God has taken. I, I see him even laughing as he's doing it, taking a 345 pound man. So I'm going to use him to set people free from uh, bondages of, of weight and food addiction that I, that I suffered from. Yeah. So uh, that's the short version. There's more of it in the book if you want more. Or of course, you could always reach out to me. But yeah. thank you for uh, letting me share that. Yeah, God is... Uh, <laughs> He does have a sense of humor. Sometimes <laughs> I look back and I'm like, are you, are you really, really going to use me? And he has uh, the very things that that I thought had a hold of my life. He's like, no, we're, we're going to use those things <laughs> as part of your life. Not yeah. a stumbling block, but as a, a step stepping stone for you or step stone for you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I will link in the show notes to the, the Instagram, the website, the book, Awesome. The podcast, all the things, yeah. We'll make sure people can find you very easily. Um, well, so as we wrap up, I have one final question of what did I miss? Is there anything you want to make sure you leave us with today before we go? I really don't think we've missed anything. There may have been a few stories here and there, but the, the overall just is, is there's hope for you. I want every single person to know that. I want to spend the rest of my days shouting it to as many as, as possible. Uh, there is hope. Yeah. It's very easy in this day and age we live in, depending on uh, where we're getting our sources from, uh, what we're filling ourselves with, uh, what kind of news we're, we're, we're planning inside our head. Mm. It's very easy to live a life in fear. Uh, it's very easy to to just say, okay, I am depressed. I am uh, anxious. That's just it. That's just my card in life. Uh, that's my hand that I've been dealt. But I want you to know there is hope. Uh, depression, anxiety, fear, it all has the name, <laughs> which means it can bow at the, the feet of Jesus because it has to bow. It has no power over you. So you hold on to that hope today that... There is hope, not because of anything we've done. Remember, we're broken people, but we serve an amazing Savior who cares for you, who loves you, who remembers you. And so uh, that would be my closing thoughts is just hope. There is always hope. So don't ever give up. Yes. Thank you so much, Andy. That is perfect. Well, thank you, Jess. It's been so fun getting to catch up with you today. Yes. Thanks for having me. Thank you. What a great conversation with Andy. And I 
just have to tell you behind the scenes, I was having a rough day today. Um, Just at school was brutal with some issues, behavior issues with students. And I was just at the end of myself. I was at the end of my rope. I was so frustrated and it was all I could do to like rush home in traffic. And I got here and I was feeling so just stressed and overwhelmed and kind of thinking, is there any way I can get out of this interview? I'm not in the right headspace. And um, we did it. It happened. And before we started recording, we just spent some time praying. And God is so good to show up. Everything Andy was saying was exactly what I needed to hear. And I believe it's what somebody or hopefully many somebody's out there needs to hear as you're listening, um, just the hope of the Lord. And, you know, my circumstances today were not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, we face much, much more difficult challenges in life than what I went through today. But even in those small moments of frustrations, God cares about those too. Like, He cares about all of it. And he feels your pain. He feels your frustrations. And he will not leave you. And so just everything Andy was saying, I feel like I got choked up like five or six times, which, you know, when I'm giving an interview, I'm I'm listening and I'm I'm focusing on, you know, what they're saying and th- you know, what to ask next and try and make it flow. Um, and the Holy Spirit just takes over and makes it all happen anyway. Um, but you know, this one really hit me personally as he was speaking. And I, there's not like one specific thing that necessarily applied to like a specific situation, but just this whole theme of how good God is. And when you start to really believe that, it hits you. I mean, you can't, you can't help but be moved by how good God is. And the way his perspective is so different from ours. And when he's so good to give us glimpses of the heavenly perspective, it he doesn't have to do that. Like It's just his goodness and his mercy and his love for us that he'll sometimes open our eyes to see things the way he sees them. And um, I just pray that he does that for you in a new way this week and that you see your tough situation through His eyes, or the person that you're struggling to love, that you see them the way that Christ sees them, and that it leaves you changed, and it gives you a new hope and a new vision and a new purpose, um, a purpose for your pain that you may not have seen before. So that is my prayer for you and for me. And I just want you to know that I do pray for you, and I love you from across the miles, wherever you may be. Um, and, And the Lord loves you, and He's not giving up on you, and He is with you, and He will never leave you. So if you did not listen to the last episode, I dig into El Shaddai, the name of God that means Lord Almighty all-sufficient one, all-bountiful one, um, almighty God. And so it's it was a lot of these same themes. So if you didn't listen to that, please go back and give it a listen. Um, and I pray that it really encourages you and leads you to greater intimacy with the Lord and greater trust and dependency on Him. So I hope you have a great week and we will see you next time. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. 